HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This special program was brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, April 16th, and this is episode number 15 of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, I'm going to be talking with the fabulous owner of an amazing cooking school slash culinary theater. And as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip. And then later we will have my speed round questions, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I will tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Okay, today's tip is to think out of the box. Now, sure, traditional PR is great. Write a press release, pitch a story, get press. It's a terrific formula, if it was, if, and only if it was that easy all the time. But it does work. However, it's also good for restaurants and chefs to do non-traditional PR and marketing, and it can be very effective. Pop-up dinners, special tasting menus, guest chefs, cooking demos, and charity events are some of the creative ways that chefs are promoting themselves and their restaurants. And these ideas are actually becoming so common, they're more in the box than out. So I'm wondering, what's next? Who's going to think of the next great idea? Perhaps you? I say dare to think differently and think out of the box. So that's my tip today. All right, I'm very excited my guest who is here. It is Salvatore Rizzo, the owner and director of DeGustibus Cooking School in New York City. Salvatore, or Sal, acquired DeGustibus Cooking School in April 2008. He has been active in the culinary world for over 25 years. 
Previously, Sal was the director of the Italian Culinary Institute, where he managed chefs managed chef events for several years, after which he became director of house operations and events at the prestigious James Beard Foundation until 2007. A true master of hospitality and a friend to many chefs, Sal's passion involves promoting the culinary arts and creating an environment where people can come together and share incredible experiences centered around food and wine, something he was exposed to daily growing up in a Sicilian household. Sal is a graduate of New York College of Technology and a national advisor, and he's on the National Advisory Board uh, for Spoons Across America, and I could go on and on, but let's uh, talk to Sal. So, hi. Hi. You should be my publicist. All right. Done. (laughs) You're just, you're amazing. Aw, thank you. You're amazing. Well, we're just smiling old. I mean, I've been smiling since the minute I saw you when I walked in here, so it's all cool. Yeah, well, me too. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Yeah. I am fantastic. It's such a great day, and it's beautiful to be in here, and it's great to be with you. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, well, I'm so curious about, well, from reading your bio. So did you move to New York? Did school bring you to New York? Is that how you came here from Sicily? Well, I, I my parents were born in Sicily. I okay. mean, it was only my sister and I were born here. My other sister and brother were born ah. in Sicily. Um so growing up in that household was all about family, cooking, growing our own vegetables, making our own wine, making our own sauce. Um, Sounds it, good. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, you know, you appreciated it as a kid. But then again, I was the bratty kid that wanted, you know, I wanted what everybody else had. And I wanted, you know, the stovetop dinners and, you know, rice aroni and like chocolate pudding out of a can. My mother, was, <laughs> my mother would be like, why do you want that when I'm making this? But um, it got it got for me to appreciate the fine art of cooking from scratch, cooking locally, cooking from you know, appreciating what you were growing. I mean, when I was a kid, my mother, I loved tuna fish salad. And my mother would say, you want tuna fish? Go in the garden, pick your celery, pick your tomatoes, and bring it back here. And she would make it for me because she knew how I liked it. And That is fancy. It was fancy. It was really cool. A little, little plot of land. <laughs> well, I, growing up uh, in Miami, we had... We had tuna fish a lot in our household, but our trick was to put apples in it. I really? Know, that was the secret. Yeah, no one does that. Nobody does that. <laughs> I do apples with my chicken. Okay. That, that My chicken salad has apples. Yeah, no, apples with tuna fish, it really, you know, it adds a little sweetness, a crunch. It was it was a good combo, but we didn't, I didn't go out to the garden. <laughs> <laughs> that that step we skipped. Yeah, it's that Sicilian thing. My, my, my father, you know, in Sicily grew up and we, we grew grapes. You know, and to sell. And that was what he had. And he had his garden because they were poor. You know, they came here with nothing. Um, So it was about, you know, feeding us well. I mean, that was the main focus, you know, providing us a roof over our house, clothes, good schooling, and feeding us well. Everything else was secondary. No trips, nothing. I mean, Coney Island was like a big deal for me. Right, right. So then how did you – so – so you had this natural interest in food and that brought you into hospitality. Is that so? How did home you, ec. Home ec. Home ec. And I <laughs> wish they still had it. Home ec, seventh grade. I will never forget it. I came home and I, I was taught how to make minestrone. And I made it for my parents. And I remember my mom saying, 
wow, this is good. And that's all I needed. And I was like, oh. And then I wound up getting a job. I was 13. I was a pizza delivery boy. And then I worked at a catering hall, which was not cool because <laughs> they were crazy. And then I worked at a restaurant in Bay Ridge for 15 years straight, from 15 till I was 30. Wow. Well, that's a lot of experience. Did you have different positions? Like I was a busboy, kind of, yeah. waiter, manager. And yeah, I ran the restaurant. I did my, my thesis in college on the restaurant and how it came about because it was pretty popular in Bay Ridge. It was called Circles. And in 1976, they had this little storefront. It was these... Uh, 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 Andrea and John who were a couple hippie dippies and Pierre who was Lebanese that nobody they used to go uh, to Park Slope to have falafel and they had no idea what falafel like nobody knew falafel in 1976 it was very you know a, right. a very secular part of, of that that neighborhood and they decided to create a little restaurant where they would serve sandwiches in pita bread called Circles and that's how it started and uh -huh. it was all about it was really uh, it was really progressive because natural food they were known for their natural food, like bringing tabbouleh and ginger, hummus, um, just uh, just dishes, tofu, like nobody knew who tofu was, frozen yogurt. Right, right. And we're talking about in the late 70s, mm -hmm. early 80s. So, Wow. Yeah. That's, that's very, And it's still around. Yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. So then what happened after that? Then, you know, after college, I worked for the Board of Education. I worked in All right, school let's skip ahead. What happened after that? <laughs> <laughs> skip ahead. After that, I actually worked. I mean, it, I had a little transition. And it's funny. I always say that there's the path in life that will lead you. I left the Board of Education because I wanted to uh -huh. and I didn't like it anymore. And my brother owns a florist. and He said to me, can you help me? I'm building this brand new florist in Tribeca. I need somebody to manage my business. And I did. And it was because of that that I met the husband of my the former publisher of La Cucina Italiana, who I said to him, wow, I love that magazine your wife works there. She's like, she's a publisher. And I said, well, I have a food background. And they had a position open at the Italian Culinary Institute. So, and that was it. And, and from that, that one it. point. Amazing. And then from there, you went to the James Beard Foundation. Oh, my favorite. It was one of my, it was five years of just sheer bliss. I absolutely so believe in what they I, I'm so impressed because I saw it from in the what it was in the beginning and then what it is now with you know Susan taking over and it's just it's really been a, incredible it's, it was an incredible journey yeah I, I I mean for you to be a part of it and yeah to see the change and I would talk to my show recently how they now have that kitchen cam yep I mean they really they That's keep very cool changing and improving and adding Sherry, when I, I mean 2006, but this mm -hmm. is before Susan. There was Edna Morris, and she, right. she was like, you know, I'm here for a year. She's she basically, I always called her the phoenix that rose from the ashes. She kind of put the foundation on track. I remember her telling me like, we need to renovate the kitchen, and I'm like, with what money? <laughs> I'm like, with what money? She's like, I have contacts, and she and she got me in touch with Fred Carl, the president of Viking, who gave me the money and it was my first big renovation project and I renovated the kitchen and then the following year when Susan came she's like we're renovating the house I'm like really she's like we're renovating the house that's that you did an amazing job because that is it's a very small kitchen as you know yes and to be able to uh put the right equipment in and design that to make it work and it works it works yeah. it works and I was lucky enough because we had um 
when he came to the kitchen, there was a gentleman, and I, I forgot his name, but he was working with me. And I think the biggest thing was he was kind of helping us because we wanted to keep the design. There were certain things like the long wooden table, um, certain items that we had to keep, but we knew we had to improve it to more of a more of a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. So they were great in helping us do that. And, you know, once you rip something out, something else happens. I remember the refrigerator got stuck between the doorway. It took like <laughs> eight guys and three hours to pull it apart. It was, but those are the memories that I love. And that I, I always have pride in, you know, going back and seeing it and then yeah. seeing the house that, you know, in three and a half weeks, I had to renovate the entire house from basement to attic. And we're talking paint, carpet, tables, chairs, Everything. lighting, bathrooms, everything and it was it was great it was it was really a lot of fun well you're fun i I think you bring (laughs) fun to what you do you do and so 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 then now let's say we're in 2007 or 2008 and tell me about coming into to gusta bus well my husband um then my partner um works for american express and he has a tour company and he was doing a tour to sicily and it was at that moment that I was renovating the James Beard house. I was doing that 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 2007 renovation, or 2006, excuse me. And I couldn't go with him to Sicily. And he was doing a tour for Arlene Sayak, who's the founder of Degustibus. Right. And it was his biggest tour to Sicily, 40 people. Couldn't go. Upset that I couldn't go, but I knew I had my responsibilities because mm-hmm. I had this big project. After the renovation, uh, Arlene and her husband, Alain Sayak, French Culinary Institute, amazing yes. power couple that they are. Yeah, I love very, them dearly. Very big power couple. They're just, oh, they're just so much fun to be. They're so much fun to hang out with. <laughs> they are so much fun to dine with and hang out with. They're just, it, it's like hanging out with the youngest, hippest, coolest people. I mean, that's how much fun they are. But they take us to, out to dinner at the French Culinary Institute. And Arlene, I knew of her. She knew of me. And we were chatting, chatting, chatting. And all she did was she tapped me on my hand. She said, You'd be perfect to buy my business. And a year later, I was in a transition. You know, after James mm-hmm. Beard, I was working at a small events company, Carlitz, which was great. But I was like, it was only like six months. And I was like, mm, I want to, I don't really want to do this. And my husband was like, you need to decide what you want to do. He's like, what's your passion? I was like, I want to do what I did at James Beard, La Cucina. I want to do what Arlene does. And he's like, well, then just call her. And I called her. I left her. I sent her an email. She was in Paris. She was in France, in Menton. Eight months later, April fourth, two thousand and eight, signed the deal. Um, it's awesome. You are the perfect fit, and it is. It's it's a wonderful. It's well, it's a cooking school, and I said slash culinary theater. Yes. And um, and you've been there now six years, and and it's a big change happening. We're moving. We're building a <gasps> brand new school. Where can you say? Yes, absolutely. It's uh, Macy's is going through a big renovation, um, and literally, if if and you've been there, so mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's kind of serendipitous because a lot of people would always say to me, "I've never knew you even existed," because we're not on the selling floor. Well, now we're going to be on the selling floor on the eighth floor. Oh, you're staying in Macy's. Staying in floor. Macy's, at, same floor. Oh, same floor, but on the right because you're hidden behind. It's it's behind ladies' coats, uh-huh. behind a wall next to a security guard adjacent from the play cafeteria. There's going to be that's going to be completely removed. When you're coming out of the elevator, there will be dust right there, and then completely renovated, state of the art. Um, it's going to be it's exciting. 
That is exciting. I was, how did Arlene, why Macy's at the beginning? I'll tell you, Arlene was such a forefront thinker. She, back in 1980, uh, she was living the Fifth Avenue lifestyle. She was married. She had, a, she had her son, Todd. Um, she was a speech pathologist. And she came up with this idea, like there's no place to see a chef cook in front of you. Like there's nothing out there. And she had an affinity towards France. She had an affinity towards cooking and demonstration. And she came up with this idea. And what she would do is she would rent the Carnegie Theater on Monday nights when it was dark and would lug in. And she would just, well, she would lug in like hot plates and big extension cords and would write to the chefs. She would t hand type, hand type, she would type these letters to all these French chefs. And these people would say, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. Like you were saying before about mm -hmm. the pop-up, it's the same principle. And this is going back 1980. Yeah, no, I'm thinking she was so, I mean, thinking out of the box way ahead of the time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, it got so popular that there was a cookbook author and instructor called Perla Myers who had a relationship with somebody at Macy's in their marketing department who said, you know, there is a, a place at Macy's that you could do these classes. They have a school, but it's not being run correctly. So Arlene then took over that programming for Macy's, which is still on the eighth floor, but which is now the Aubonpong Kitchen. And then when she said it was getting so popular, she's like, well, I'll just do it on my own. And she took it over. And we've been in Macy's ever since. That's, that's... It's a third move in Macy's. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you first said you were moving, I thought you were like moving out of Macy's. But that's that's yeah, you'll be visible. People. It will change. I don't know. It's kind of cool. You, you've been hidden, but it was. It's it will gonna be, nice. be fun. Yes. Yeah. It I will agree. Be nice to be exposed. So. And I think it's really nice because you know I love being in Macy's. It, it's centrally mm -hmm. located. It they have this Macy's has great services, but I think what's lovely is we're a very unique brand in Macy's. We always have. We always will be. We're a very, you know, a little a cut above above what they have. Mm -hmm. And it was very unique. And that's why it's important that we re maintain the relationship. And they like the idea of us being there because we have this very unique product. And people shop and people will go to go buy their pots and pans. And they and they love doing it because it's such, you know, when you're seeing that chef and they're using that mandolin, you have to go get that mandolin. Like I'm an yeah. impulse buyer. I buy everything. <laughs> I do. I, I'm notorious in buying everything that I see somebody has. And I'm like, I have to have that. My latest thing was tweezers. I had to buy a tweezer. Do I <laughs> use tool. it? Chef tool. Have to have it. They see. I see it. I'm like, I need to have this. I'm assuming you get the Macy's discount. You know, <laughs> they don't have tweezers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not those tweezers. I went well. someplace else to get those tweezers, but not at Macy's. But yes. Okay. Excellent. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Herself in a mother's summer dress. Oh, kid, she doesn't need your help. She studied art in Spain, tall boys across her brain. It's all boys, men, they'll do anything. They sat her in the shade, threw her a parade. All lined up, marching back and forth all day. She's boy, crazy. 
This special program was brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Sal Rizzo of Degustibus Cooking School. So so happy to be here. <laughs> We're just smiling. We're I know. La- I mean, I can't contain my smile and my laughter. <laughs> but, yeah. No, this is this is good. We're, we could just go. If, we'll just sit here the rest of the evening yeah. and just chat. How we'll have some that? pizza, some pizza, Perfect. Some beer. Perfect. Maybe the next show won't show up and <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> But for now, let's talk. So let's talk about some of these chefs that have come to Degustibus. Um, wow. I, I, I mean, I say, don't know where to begin with that. I don't know where to begin either. I mean, we've had over 1,200 chefs in its 34 year history. And we've had Julia, we had James Beard, we've had Wolfgang. Um, and you have a lot of these pictures on your yes, the we wall. Yes, over, over 550 right. photos. Um, they're awesome pictures. They're amazing. And just to see like John George with a mustache uh-huh. and a DA when he was at Lafayette or seeing Andre Soltner when he first started at um, cooking looking like Jack Lemon or Emeril Lagasse when he was at Commander's Palace or Bobby Flay, you know, originally from like just fresh out of, you know, the French Culinary Institute and opening up Mesa Grill. And I remember Arlene telling me a story that I said, so how'd you get Mario Batali? He called her and said, hey, my friend Bobby does this, does things at your school. Can I do it? She was like, sure. And that was it. And like, and that's how you built up. And mm-hmm. it, it's really amazing when you hear of chefs and how they love coming there because the audience, I have to say, I have the best audience and I love my clients and I love the audience because they're so, such passionate foodies. They love to cook. They love to entertain. They love the techniques or the inside know of that chef and what is the mind behind that chef? What is the mind behind that dish? Where do they source their ingredients? Um, last year, one of my dearest clients, Linda Vaughn, one of the chefs talked about SOS chefs in the East Village. Do you know? Have you heard of them? No. It's this little place that chefs go to that if you're missing something, it, they have like every beautiful artisanal ingredient that they will bring it to you three of my clients went because they found out that they had uh, i don't know whatever it was i don't know if it was like morels that came Uh in but they immediately went the next day because they had to have it right then and there and replicate the dish that was done the night before that's the passion of people that we love and that's the people that really want to strive to be better home cooks, but really be in the know too, and go to those restaurants and to support those chefs. That's what we're in the business for. Yeah, and they do. And I know you have regulars too. That come. oh, twenty twenty five years, my regulars have been coming to, and it, and it's great because they have, and a lot of them keep their recipes from the years past, and they have it in their own binders. And there was this one woman. Um, it's sad she just passed away, Ruth Friedman, who was such a passionate home cook that she would take home her recipes and categorize them by the chef, 
by the cuisine and in alphabetical order. So she had him in three separate places. I mean, this woman was really a true, true lover of home cooking and just like fine home cooking. Yeah. Well, it's it's such an incredible experience to go there. Thank and you. you have so many... I mean, everyone's been there. What This brings me to my question. So from last week, I had on Jennifer Baum from Bullfrog and Baum. Excellent. And For, I mean, look at her. She came from culinary royalty. <laughs> yeah, no, she's. It, we had a great show. It was really, it was, it was terrific talking to her. And I, I imagine she's had a lot of her clients at Degusta because she has a huge client list. Uh, so I asked her to ask you a question, and she has two questions. So the first one was, over the years, over the thirty-three, thirty-four years you've been there, and you've worked, you said over twelve hundred chefs. Yep. So is there anyone who has not graced your kitchen yet that you would like to? Sean Brock is one. Sean Brock should be there. I know. Yeah. I love Sean Brock. I he, really do. Um, I've been to I've been to Husk and I've been to um, McGrady's. Awesome restaurant. Awesome. And mm-hmm. I and I did Sean's when Sean proposed to his now wife, he proposed to her at the James Beard house when I was his event manager. So we All have right. a wonderful history, but you know it, it depends mm-hmm. on the timing. I mean, look well, at he's it. not in New York. You he's know. not in New York, mm-hmm. and he's really busy. You know, True. and I get that, and, and and the timing has to be correct. Um, Yotam Otolengi is another one I'm really would love to. Him I don't to know come. if I know him. He wrote the Jerusalem cookbook. He's oh. based in London. He wrote Jerusalem and uh, Plenty. Oh right, that book came out last year. Yeah, it was yeah. hot. Okay. I have both his books, and he came out with a third book and. Another man that I would love to have there because I love his book, and I was excited. Um, so to me, it, it's it's like when you get somebody like that, you get really happy because it's like you you really push to get them, and to say, hey, I really would love to have you here. And any way we could do it, I'll try to make it work. But I really would love to have you because I know the audience would really uh, resonate towards them. All right. Well, if I run into either of them, I'll give them Please a little <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> Use that PR savvy of yours. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, so her other question was about, you know, what's changed over the years with the crowd or with the attendees? I mean, you've been there six years. Arlene's been there 34. 30, and yeah. So, what? yeah, what's what's changed? Well, I think a lot of it, you know, I always talk about food TV. And food mm-hmm. TV really got um, – has changed the industry in a lot of ways. A lot of people, you know, when you see younger chefs come in, um, immediately they want to have their own TV show. And it's kind of like <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to earn your stripes. You know, there there are a lot of people here that really worked hard to get where they are now. And they, they did it by not just coming out of culinary school and saying, well, I'm going to have my own TV show because I make the best this. You take your time. You work every part of the kitchen, every part of the industry, which helps you succeed in my way. Um, In the clients, you see a lot more younger audience because a lot more people are looking to cook. So the, the food TV aspect really helped it in a lot of ways because people want to see, they want to experience that because they want to cook more and they want to see those chefs. Um, I think for me, People love brand new kitchens. I mean, 
to have a really good kitchen. Your kitchen is gorgeous. Thank you. It, it is. It, and, and wait till you see the new one. <laughs> it's going to be even nicer. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> but just yeah. kitchens. Like people love to cook and they love to showcase their kitchens. And so, and that goes to saying that they love to be around chefs. They love to watch the shows. They love to get the magazines. Nothing gives me greater pleasure for me, my own personal thing, when I get my food and wine of Bon Appetit or Savour or Food Arts. Like I love getting those magazines. It's my little, you know, I know that I'm going to go to bed and give myself 20 minutes just to kind of look through it and see and tag my recipes regardless if I'm going to make it. But I just love watching it and reading the stories and then and, and planning, wow, I should get that chef. Yeah, and if you weren't doing what you do, you would probably be a regular attendee at the Gustavus. Oh, completely. <laughs> I remember when she invited me and I was just like, oh my, this is a jewel. Like this is an absolute mm -hmm. jewel. And I remember when I, my second time there before buying the school, I went to see Morimoto and I was sitting in the back. It was 80 people. And I just remember I had to buy his book. I just had to buy it. And, and I rushed to go get it because I knew they were selling out. And it's just like that impulse because I knew there was one dish that he was making. Even though I had that printed recipe and I saw it, I wanted it in his book because I just wanted to have it with me and know that he could sign it and that I had it. And it's my, my wonderful memory of me meeting Morimoto for the very first time. I like the way you say his name. Morimoto. Morimoto. Oh, he's hilarious. He's funny. <laughs> you know, I've never gone to that. He does like a karaoke thing. He with, does? Yeah, we should go. <laughs> oh, you know who you want to do karaoke with? You. No, well, not I have a bad voice. Yeah, but you would be hilarious. Well, I want to do with, <laughs> you know who's fun? Marja Vangarisht and John George's wife. Okay. Oh, she does karaoke like no other. Give her tequila and a microphone. Girl will be singing. She'll be singing the better than Celine Dion. I'm learning a lot on this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to plan an outing. Yes. Koreatown. Yeah. Got to go to Koreatown because I think they have the best karaoke. I don't really karaoke. I mean, I, I it's one of those things I that I know people do and and they have a lot of fun, but I, I'm due. I'm due for Shari, it. Shari, I remember one time, if, I, if you don't mind me saying, you know who sang great? I will never forget Mitchell Davis. Doesn't surprise me. I Mitchell think he, well, did a rendition. It does surprise me a little oh, bit. He was he did Lady Marmalade that I will never forget. I was it was rip roaring, fabulous. That was it. I mean, I, I'll never forget. We did a, a James Beard post holiday party. It was karaoke, and it was probably one of my favorite post my favorite holiday party with, with when I was there. Wow, I had no idea we were going to be talking about karaoke <laughs> today. This is awesome. <laughs> That's what makes your show so much fun. Yeah. It's just like it's just Yeah. Just go with the flow. Just go with the flow. Okay. Well, going with the flow, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with my speed round questions and industry news. So you're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I want to put you in a cloud and push you around. I want to put you in a cloud. I want to put you in a big white cloud. All the music on today's show is a band called Cookies. This is All in the Industry, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We will be right back. Uh. 
back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Sal Rizzo. And now it's time for my speed round game. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. No, no need to be nervous. You will do fine. (laughs) I will just name two things and you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? Ooh. Tough one. That's a tough one. Um, Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu, absolutely. (laughs) Excellent. I've had a lot of a la cartes. Um, Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. You're doing very well. (laughs) Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Food and wine magazine or travel and leisure? Food and wine. <laughs> That's a given. My husband's all travel and leisure. I'm food and wine. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, I, fig- I figured so. Okay, a couple more. Macy's, Bloomingdale's, or any other department store of your fancy? Any other department store. All righty. Last one. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Oh, Manhattan. Even though I'm a Brooklyn boy by heart, but I love Manhattan. Cool. <laughs> that was quick. You were that good. That was quick. <laughs> you got me at wine and cocktail, though. <laughs> I seem to get, everyone gets stuck on at least one or two. Sometimes it turns into a big discussion. It, it does. Yeah. I was, and I was going to have mm-hmm. that discussion, and even especially with like tasting menus, right. too, because my favorite way to eat is... When going to support a chef that has been at the Gaspers or coming to the Gaspers or just want to go there because I want to just try their food, yeah, I always say to them, can you please just cook? Right. That's it. I don't want to look at the menu. Just cook what you want. And I'm just, I'm just happy and honored to be here. Yeah, I get that. And I think for the choices being for myself and everyone here, we, we could go with any of those really. So it's. True. It's, it's just a, what you, maybe today what you're feeling a little more <laughs> love for. Okay, so let's talk some industry news. Today, or actually yesterday on Eater, uh, Eater.com, they debuted their first few restaurant reviews. And the one I wanted to talk about was by Ryan Sutton because he reviewed Roberta's <laughs> where we were at. And I, I have to thank you because – I am so excited. I cannot contain my excitement because I'm going to have pizza here today. Yeah. I cannot wait. 
Well, you know, it was interesting. So this is, you know, I talked, I mean, this is a, their first review he did. And he, he's talking about doing these like living reviews where he's going to go back and review places uh, and, re, you know, report what's going on. And this, a lot of times the reviews are doing brand new restaurants. So Roberta's has been here six years and it's very well loved. I mean, there's, we can see there's, you know, it's a weird time of day and there's it's tons hot. of people yes. here eating. Um, so he gave it three out of four stars, and that's very good. His four is his top rank. And what was interesting with the pizza, so he, he commented on two things. One, he loved this duck ham that they have, and I've, I've never had that. So that was one thing I, I, I picked up on. And the second was he talked about how he thought the pizza was better about 10, 10 to 30 minutes after it, it came out. And I... I thought that was weird, but some of my guests have come on the show and they've yeah. taken pizza to go with them. So they've, I mean, that's, he was saying that's a good thing to be doing. I, I, again, for me, pizza has to be right out of the oven, hot. Right. I mean, you, I, I'll give it a, like two minutes to kind of cool down so I don't burn the roof of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But every t- every year, my husband and I go to Sicily. He has a house there, and I know I'm I'm gonna go in your suitcase one year. It is just it's such a beautiful. I just love going there. It's such a my it's our home away from home, but we love getting pizza there. I mean that's that's our biggest. I love just going out for pizza. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I love that he he makes pizza for me. He makes better pizza than I do. He does. He makes better pizza than I do. And I always ask him like, can you please make me pizza? And we're excited because he made me cut out the. Uh, Roberta's recipe from two weeks ago from the Times, and we're going to make their dough. Ah, neat. Well, I'm glad you're eating here. I'm glad for Roberta's. Like, congratulations. Congratulations. They deserve yeah. everything. It's such a cool audience. If you've never been, it is just so out there and so cool. It is so cool. And everybody here is cool. They all look cool. They're young and hip yeah, and beautiful. It, and you know that makes us cool then. We are cool. <laughs> <laughs> we are cool. <laughs> Yeah, so that's great. And let's see, what else? New York Times. So Florence Fabricant covered uh, Tavern on the Green, how it's sparkling again. So excited. Yeah, well, I talked about this about two months ago, how they were, when they were supposed to open. Now, they have a date next week, April 24th. They've been working on the space for two years. And anyone who's interested in seeing what it now looks like, the New York Times has a, a wonderful slideshow. I noticed it was from Evan Sung, who's a really great photographer. Brilliant, Matt. Brilliant. Yeah. And it's, did you look at the slideshow? Because it's, it's totally different looking space. I only saw it in the, today's paper. I didn't see okay. the, slideshow, uh, the slideshow. But what I was told that they already sold out brunch. For what? For 2014? I think for I think for opening brunch, it's already been sold out. Or I know that <laughs> it's just the whole people year. are just oh, – that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. But Katie Sparks. Mm-hmm. Katie Sparks. I mean, if you talk about this icon of a chef, I mean, Quilted Giraffe, a woman who really was such a force in this industry so many years ago, under the radar, did so much, and now she's taken the helm – that's huge. It's a big job. It's a big job. And she'll do it with a smile, mm-hmm. as she always does. I mean, she works hard. And that's going to be a big kitchen to do. I cannot wait to have her at the school. She's got the invite. Katie, if you're listening, <laughs> respond well, yes, yeah, please. she should come. I think she's great. And I just, you know, some people I think are going to be surprised with how different it is. Because it's not the, 
you know, the glitzy sort of chandelier mirror-esque environment that it used to be. It's not like that anymore. But do you really need that? No, you don't. But, you know, some people like things not to change. And that's that's with adapt. You know, you're adapting yourself. You know, I, I changed something, you know, about putting my, you know, um, changing the online sign-up policy. People used to come and sign in and wait outside um, before to be called in. And I got to a point that I was like, I'm inconveniencing people. Mm-hmm. If I'm in this hospitality business and I'm asking people to come at noon to sign their name on a piece of paper to leave, to come back at 5.15, to come in at 5.20, that's inconvenient. And I came up with this online sign-up policy. And majority of people like it and some people don't. And I try to explain to them, like, I understand where your frustration is, but look at the bigger picture. You know, I have to look at it as I can't please everybody, but I have to just feel what I feel is right and what I think is convenient for all. And and, and to change something like that in Tavern, you know, you had that whole glitz and glamour. Now, you know, enjoy the park. <laughs> you go in there. Yeah. Enjoy the, the, enjoy the exterior and enjoy the food. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm so I, excited. I think, and I don't know, wh- I haven't tried to make a reservation, but <laughs> when I do, I hope I can get in. I mean, it's one of those, um, I'm not, I won't be surprised if it's booked up for I a long time. I completely agree. And I think people, it's going to be nice that, that, you know, there's so many people that propose their mm-hmm. family parties, uh bar mitzvahs, weddings, who, whatever, and they'll go back to reminisce, and that's really lovely to see. I, I'm just so happy that they, it it didn't go away. Yeah, me too. Okay, so one more story we'll talk about in Men's Journal. <laughs> How to score a last-minute table at a restaurant, and <laughs> someone I know was quoted in it. I oh, really he happens excited. to be sitting here. <laughs> I was so excited. No, it was awesome. And so, I, I mean, it listed... There were five apps that are all fairly new, and I wasn't familiar with all of them. There was, well, there was Seat Me I knew, which is kind of like Open Table. Um, there was the one I know the chef. I hadn't heard of that. I, again, I only, you know, it was the reporter that kind of pulled those out. Uh-huh. I only knew of Open Table. That's what I use. If you know, if I'm right. just doing a last minute res- renovation, uh, renovation, <laughs> reservation. Um, I think one of the big thing I tried to strive to the reporter was she asked me, does tipping a maitre d' or manager really work anymore? And I said, well, for me, I don't think so. I think, you know, and, and you know, she, she kind of brought it up, like, how do you build that relationship? And I said, well, it's all about building a relationship. If a restaurateur or a chef, if you go to their restaurant and you have a really good meal and experience, because it's both. Tell them. It's very simple. Just tell them. Right. Loved your place. Loved these dishes. Please tell the chef I loved it. Can't wait to come back. Can I have your card? Let me know a good night to come in when it's not too crazy. And they'll remember that. And I think that will move mountains. No money can buy that. You know, I mm-hmm. you know, I always go back to saying with Degustavus, and I was mentioning this to you before. One one chef, Josh Eden from um August and uh, on Bleecker Street said to me once, this is the best PR I could have because I come here, people want to see me and I know they're going to come back to my restaurant because they want to taste the dishes again and he'll treat them. He'll treat them great. 
and so everybody because they wins. came to his class. Yes, yeah, everybody wins. Fans. It's just, and mm-hmm. that's what you, people should be doing. It's like if you really like somebody, if you really enjoy their restaurant, go back more than once. You know, tell other people, but acknowledge them. Send an email. Don't do. You know, I have a big crap against Yelp, but you know. I think everyone in yeah, I just, our I think, industry sort of does, even though it's big and it's important. It is. It and, is important. Yeah. But just tell the person. Don't tell the universe. Tell the person. Right. You know, if you if you want to express your feelings, say it to that person and don't just feel like because you have a soapbox to stand on that you could, you know, blab, you know, blurb out that, yeah, well, this was bad. You know, tell them. Tell them what's good or bad. Yeah. They're the only ones who can correct it. All right. I agree. And. I'm glad. I was very happy to see you quoted in this article. I, I mean, you're to... a good person for them to reach out to. Thank you. you. Know? Thank you're welcome. You. Okay, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience, and we're going to do the final question. Uh, so you're listening to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. Okay, now before I talk about this week, I wanted to correct myself from something I said on last week's show, because uh, I mentioned going to a bar after having dinner at Gato, which I love dinner there, and I love this bar, but I totally got the name wrong. <laughs> uh, so the correct name is Sweetwater Social, and their Twitter, twi- Twitter handle is Drink Sweet. Drink Sweetwater, and this is a cool, casual underground bar, and they're you know they're doing excellent cocktails, but they also have a foosball table, so they're trying to make it fun. And the cocktail, the bartenders there are Tim Cooper and Justin Noel, and it's on the corner of Bleecker and Broadway, which was right around the corner from Gato, which is how I ended up there. <laughs> so that's the correct name, Sweetwater Social. If you want to check it out. Okay, now this week I did something a little different. I went to a pop up dinner. At the kitchen table, which I had never been to this space. It's fairly new, and it's in Little Italy, and it's beautiful. Uh, On their website, they say it was designed as the home away from home for professional and home cooks as a place to cook, learn, entertain, and celebrate. So I was there uh, with um, Chef Carmen Gonzalez was the chef. Has she been to Decustibus? Yes, she has. Okay. I, I was... I was going to guess she was. <laughs> she is. She's she's a spitfire and she's, I'm 5'1 and she's like 4'10 or 11. I tower over her and it's really <laughs> weird, but she works that kitchen. She works that kitchen. Yeah. So it was, I've been friends with her for a while and when I saw she was doing this pop-up, I I just wanted to go and uh, she's, she's not in a restaurant right now, but just a little about her background. I mean, she does 
She's known for modern American cuisine with Latin influences. And she had a restaurant in Miami called Carmen on Carmen the Restaurant, and that was in 2003. And that was Esquire Magazine's best new restaurant that year. And she was also on uh, Bravo's Top Chef Masters season two. So I went to this this pop up and uh, and I went solo. I I did end up knowing some people there, and I was able to sit with my friends Kathleen Squires and her husband Ronnie, who are just awesome. And so it started with a cocktail reception, and then there were two dining options. There was a communal table or a chef's counter. So if I played my game, <laughs> <laughs> I chose I chose the chef's counter because that's I don't know it's cool. You get to sit there and watch Carmen cook the food, interact with her, and sit there. And that was a little, you know, I like that she priced it a little differently. I mean, this was not was not a cheap dinner. It was, I paid 150 It was $25 more to sit at the chef's counter than at the communal table. And there were wine pairings, and it was five courses. So I thought it was worth it, but it, it, was, it was pricey. So what did we have? Well, we had five courses, peaky dough crab, Maine monkfish, Berkshire pork loin, lamb belly and chorizo roulade, and warm mango bread pudding. And they were all amazing. And my, I think my favorite course was the pork loin. It was just, it was just <laughs> delicious. She's really a, a phenomenal chef. So, um, and I was going to say, I, I post photos on Instagram of my meals afterward if anyone wants to check them out. And I also tweet about things we talked about on the show. So my, my handle's at all industry, if anyone wants to check those out. And then The Kitchen Table, their website is thekitchentableny.com, and Carmen's website is chefcarmengonzalez.com. So that was my solo experience of the week. That's very cool. Thank you. Is Have you heard of this space? I have not. It's new, and you go down to – it's on uh, – it's not on – it's on Mulberry, and there was – there's like a guy waiting, checking people in because you take this like industrial looking elevator up. It, it's and then you get to this it's beautiful space. Oh. It was really it was really quite nice. How many people can they? The chef's counter had about twelve, and then the communal table was I think twenty four. Okay, so I think the total thirty. That's nice. Yeah, it's a nice size. Yeah, it was nice. Okay, so to wrap things up, let's let's go with. I want to see if you can ask a question for my guest next week. Now, I'm having on Dana Zukowski. She is a CPA. She does restaurant accounting, and her firm is SS&G. She used to work for Bobby Flay for a long time in his, as his accountant. So um, what should I ask her? Oh, <laughs> what can you ask her? Um, what can you ask an accountant I call my accountant doom and, doom and gloom because <laughs> he never has anything good to say. So <laughs> I have to. Sad. I have to it's true. He he's never has anything good to say. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, actually, I'm just curious how ask her um, when it comes down to, you know, I mean, she, she knows as an accountant and especially working for Bobby, how it's so important to save every. I mean, it's pennies that chefs make they work so hard because they do it for the passion and the love but it's pennies and i just want to know if there's any tricks for her that she knows for a small business how to help a small business grow with the little the few, very few margins that they have like a good saving tips 
Yeah, I think she does. And that's a good question. I will ask her. If she's a forensic accountant, <laughs> she'll know. <laughs> she's she's a smart lady and she's a friend of mine and I'm excited for her to come that's out really here. That's really cool. That That's really interesting to have that. Yeah, yeah. I use QuickBooks because my wow. accountant told me. <laughs> that's good. Well, okay. So we're done. <laughs> this it's too quick. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, this with you it went very quickly. It's just too quick. I mean, it's just such a fun place to be, and it just—it's great talking to you. I mean, just somebody who's been so in this industry for so many years. I mean, we've known each other for ten years, and it's just—it's mm-hmm. really lovely to see you transition and like coming up with this. It's such a great way of bringing people in the industry to talk about things within the industry that you know have people who have experience and just kind of. Share stories and light and stuff like that. So, well, thank you and you. thank you for coming out here. I'm thrilled. It's wonderful to see you. So. It's a good holiday week. <laughs> happy Passover, Happy Easter, yeah, all that yeah. good stuff. It's all good. Yeah, it goes from seventy to thirty in New York. Yeah, it's whatever. This week, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my guest today has been Salvatore Rizzo of Degustibus Cooking School. His website is degustibusnyc.com. Twitter at Degustibus NYC and Instagram at Degustibus Cooking School NYC. Shout out quickly to Layla, who does some of your social media. She's lovely, Layla and How Wang. And yeah, you, I have some really and Emmy. Emmy yeah. Anthony Lasano is another blogger that does some some stuff for us. I mean, they're all fantastic. Yeah, I'm you have so a great team. I have a great team. I'm really really blessed. I'm blessed. Wow. I'm blessed to know you. Well, me too. Awesome. It's <laughs> a love fest. <laughs> love fest. Okay, okay. I got to wrap up. So you've been listening to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. You can find us archived on heritageradionetwork.org, on Stitcher and iTunes. And thanks to Jack, my engineer. We have to thank Jack. Yeah. Jack is awesome. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. And thanks to all of you out there listening. I'm Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next Wednesday at 4 o'clock for another live show. I hope you'll tune in then. And until then, have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>